0: Welcome to The Schmooze, the Yiddish Book Center's podcast. I'm Lisa Newman, and today, Zeke Levine, our producer, and I are taking you on the road, not too far away, into the Yiddish Book Center's book vault, a favorite stop for all of our visitors. Ready to go, Zeke?
1: I am ready to go.
0: Okay, so that's a, the, first, the first door. There are two double doors here, and uh, I'm just going to... Repeat what it says on the sign. Gevalt. This is cold. Did I say that correctly?
1: You said that correctly, yes. It means it's cold in there. And oh. there's a big exclamation point, so you know that they're serious.
0: So we're about to enter the Leif Rosenblatt Library. It's one of the largest repositories of Yiddish books. It's here at the Yiddish Book Center. The repository is cold um, because we use geothermal energy to maintain precise control of the temperature and humidity so that we really um, are able to honestly preserve our collection for hundreds of years to come. The Rosenblatt Library is built entirely of reinforced concrete, making it fireproof and completely secure, and the roof alone is 18 inches thick and weighs 1.7 million pounds. A lot of our guests ask the the question, Zeke, how many um, volumes can the library hold?
1: So this library can hold around 250,000 volumes, so, um, b- about a quarter million. We're not quite there in the vault right now, but um but we could we could get there if we needed to.
0: So, just to get our numbers straight, we know that we've collected over or rescued over a million and a half yiddish books. 250,000 are able to be stored here in the vault. Other books are stored
1: other books are stored either in our repository, upstairs, or at an off-site location where we have around 600, 650,000, and the rest of the books that we've collected are in the hands of Yiddish enthusiasts and Yiddish-interested organizations around the world.
0: Great. Okay, so now we're going in to door number two, and before we go in, um, always hard to do visual things on audio, but... I'm always, uh, I sort of always stop here because we have a rack of one, two, three, four, five, six, like seven, um, I would describe them as work coveralls. And just tell me briefly why we need the coveralls.
1: So a lot of the times people think it's to um, protect the books from us, but actually it's the opposite. It's to protect us from the books. When we get in there, there's a lot of um, book dust and other things that might get on your clothes. So... If you need to look presentable once you leave the vault, you might put on, you might put on one of these suits so that you don't get, uh, yeah, so you don't get too shmuzik, exactly.
0: Okay, now we're going to go through the second door. Here we go. Okay. Whew, and it's even colder in here, folks, but not quite as cold, I gather, as the actual other cold storage, which is really, really cold.
1: Yes, that's even colder. But you can definitely feel what they mean by temperature-controlled when you walk into the vault. That is for sure.
0: Wow. It's um, it's quite amazing. And it's shelves and shelves and shelves of books, as well as items that are boxed and ready to be reviewed. So tell me a little bit, Zeke. We, we came in here today not just to visit the vault and talk about the vault, but to talk specifically about something that you in your fellowship are working on. So let's... Let's figure out what that is and then move in that direction.
1: Exactly. So my big project right now is the sheet music collection, which I've talked about on previous episodes or one previous episode of The Schmooze. So here's sort of where it all happens. So if you've ever been to the Yiddish Book Center, you know we have a large collection of Yiddish sheet music. Those come primarily from two Yiddish music publishers from the early part of the 20th century. That's uh, That's Hebrew Publishing Company and Metro Music. And we were very fortunate, we are very fortunate to have really good quality or really good condition um, versions of a lot of those music and a lot of copies of them that came basically right from the publisher. Took a couple steps, but um, basically right from the publisher. However, in addition to all of that, and all of that is available to see Um, upstairs in our repository, and we keep backups down here, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. But in addition to that, we also accept sheet music from personal collections. So when we receive music from personal collections, it comes in all kinds of conditions, it comes in all kinds of orders, not necessarily alphabetized or not necessarily organized in any real way. So my project, with the help of a few other people here, namely our work-study Lucas, who's doing amazing work, uh, what we've been doing is trying to get this organized. So what I'm going to do is sort of explain a little bit of my process and you'll hear our footsteps moving from place to place so you'll get a sense maybe of uh, of how this works.
0: And the room is pretty large.
1: The room is quite large. Luckily we just we mostly work in a small part of the vault um, but yes when whenever we need some exercise we walk to the end of the vault and we walk back and then Um, then we're ready to get back to work.
0: Not sure it would count as a Fitbit 10,000 steps, folks, but it's large. And already to my right, I'm seeing a lot of sheet music that's out that I take it you are beginning to sift through, work through, and catalog and organize.
1: So most of this is actually toward the end of the sifting through stage. So what I am going to do is have us walk over here so... Lisa was pointing out she was walking to the right, so now we're going to the left. So one thing that you'll notice if you come here, and I recommend that anybody who can come take a tour of the Yiddish Book Center, you'll get a tour of the vault and you'll get to see this. We have a pallet full of boxes. Now these boxes have all kinds of different things in them. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes it's the personal collections, sometimes it's the collections from Hebrew Publishing or Metro Publishing. Anyway, we had a lot of boxes, uh, 20 or 30 boxes here. So the first thing that we did was to go through all the boxes and figure out what kind of thing was in each box. Because if we had, if we had some of our Hebrew publishing collection, then we know that mostly those are going to be refills for, for our shelves upstairs. However, like I said, we had a lot of these boxes that contained these personal sheet music collections. And uh, Lucas has done a great job of sort of labeling all of these things.
0: A quick question. So you're referring to boxes. We do uh, continue to rescue Yiddish books, which come in in boxes and bags and pallets and all sorts of things. But what you've done now is to corral all of the sheet music into these boxes. So when you're looking through these, you um, are looking exclusively in most instances at the sheet music that you're dealing with.
1: Exactly. And so when I got here, it was mostly already in these boxes, but the boxes We didn't necessarily know exactly what was in every box and sometimes certain things got mixed to the middle of some of these boxes so at this point we kind of know what we have and we've taken all the stuff that we're interested in working with so if you don't mind we'll walk back over to the table and we'll just talk a little bit about what what this process is like so I'll take out a box And I'll sort of go through it, and I'll range it into a few different categories. So we have the stuff that we're very interested in, so that's Yiddish music. Then we have some other things that are a little bit harder to figure out what to do with. For example, we have um, pieces of Yiddish music that come, or I'm sorry, pieces from Yiddish music composers that are in different languages. So sometimes English, sometimes Hebrew, sometimes Russian. And then the question is, you know, what what do we do with that? Somewhere on this table is a piece of music called Dark Eyes by Henry Lefkowitz, who we'll talk about in a little bit, but, his, but this is um, mainly a Russian piece, so it's in Russian, but it was translated, that title was translated to Dark Eyes, so we kind of have to figure out what we want to do with that. We also have a lot of sh- collections that we're going to work with sort of separately, and then sort of things that come from... Um, people's personal sheet music collections that we're gonna keep but not necessarily put in with our Yiddish music collection. One thing we find a lot is music from fiddler on the roof and from the musical milk and honey so those are those are two two popular ones so yeah so then basically what we do is we take this we take this Yiddish sheet music we uh we put it into sleeves we put it into archival sleeves because in a lot of cases these these pieces of music might be crumbling, so we're going to be touching them and sort of working with them a lot, so we want to make sure they're protected. And then we get down to the sort of nitty-gritty work of alphabetizing everything and putting everything into boxes. So if we take one one more step over here, we've split the alphabet into eight, and we have eight different boxes. Um, so this way, if we're ever looking for a piece of music, we can come in and we can we can sort of find it. It's all organized alphabetically at this point. And one thing to keep in mind is that the reason that we're doing all of this, one, it's to make sure that we, um, you know, that we have as many copies as we can get of these pieces of sheet music. Another big reason is that the Hebrew Publishing Company collection and the Metro Music collection are great, but they're not uh, completely comprehensive. We're finding a lot of things in these collections that weren't in our previous collections. So now we are expanding our sort of title count so we can sort of, we can make it more accessible to people who are doing research on this topic or who just have an interest in this topic who might have a specific title in mind, and now the chances are greater that they'll be able to find that title. And also just to preserve to preserve the fact that these pieces of music sat in people's homes and they were enjoyed by people throughout throughout the years. And it just it feels really great to keep this music and make sure that we know what we have because each each one of these pieces of sheet music tells a story, and it's somebody who loved the music, and we hope to continue that love of the music.
0: Not only are they graphically amazing, which appeals to me, uh, but they also have, as you mentioned, they're the personal stories, but they're also these great backstories. And recently, we created postcards of some of these uh, sheet music uh, covers and learned a little bit about some of the performers, uh, some of the music, and it's kind of a window into a time and a culture, yes?
1: Absolutely. Um, One of the things that I've been the most interested in um, is these sort of songs that come from periods of war. So we found a song called A Gruß von die Trenches, so A Greeting from the Trenches, and that's sort of an interesting representation of how a certain community and a certain artistic uh, vision was thinking about war, at, you know, all the way back in, in the times of World War One, and these kind of things continue throughout throughout the 20th century. We're finding music that really speaks to the times and speaks to the concerns and speaks to the uh, speaks to the experiences of the people who are creating the music and the audiences who would have been receiving the music.
0: The other thing that's been interesting to watch is when we have performers here, primarily during Yidstock, I see them going through the sheet music collection up in the repository, and that sheet music's available to people, again, who want to purchase a copy of it and take it home, but it's finding new lives and um, being used in new interpretations of old songs, yes?
1: Exactly. So people often come here looking for... um, you know either the original source of songs that they that they know or they're looking for new material for their for their repertoires which is great that we can provide that we can provide that for for performers
0: and if you're really good when somebody comes in and sings a song to you in yiddish and asks the name of the song you know the answer maybe you're getting there music yeah,
1: I, I i'm getting there i i wouldn't say i'm quite there yet but i think i'm getting there
0: um which begs the question quickly about how many pieces of original sheet music do we have?
1: So we have in our collection upstairs, we have just under a thousand titles. Um that's just for single single title works. We then have collections which have different titles. So maybe maybe in total we have something like thirteen hundred or fourteen hundred titles between those two collections. Down here we have about seven hundred titles. Uh, we have sometimes multiple copies of each, so I would say that I would say somewhere definitely over a thousand pieces of music that we've looked through, um, but representing about seven hundred titles. And if you don't mind, I'd love to share a couple of stories here. So I've picked out four pieces of sheet music to talk about. I could go on for hours and hours about all of these really interesting things, but I'll just stick with these four. So the first one sort of goes to what we were talking about before, um, sort of what what this music meant in terms of representing the experience of Yiddish speakers in America. So, for example, we have this piece of music that comes. The music is by Sholem Secunda, one of the more famous one of the more famous Yiddish composers. It, it was published by metro music and it's called just my luck and i will translate it for you the way they translate it just my luck so it's written out in the yiddish to be just as a transcription of that term and we actually see that a lot sometimes you sort of rack your brain trying to figure out what the yiddish word is and it turns out it's just an american word uh you know like a game of there's one called A Game of Poker. And you sort of work through that word and you realize, oh, it's just a game of poker. So this is quite an interesting one. It has a picture of the s- the star, Leo Fuchs, right here on the on the cover and also a picture of Sholem Secunda on the cover.
0: Sholem Secunda looks very serious and Leo Fuchs looks very theatrical.
1: Exactly. And that, that tends to be the case. You see the composers with these sort of... Um, serious, uh, serious and often, you know, dignified looks on their face. And then often the leading man or woman who's presented on the cover of the piece of sheet music, they, they look a little bit more, they look a little bit more expressive. Now, the next piece of music that we'll look at just because people tend to know it is Abigazint. So this comes from the Molly Pican film Mamala. Um, which was directed by Joseph Green. All of this information is right here on the piece of sheet music. This is actually one that we don't have, even though it comes from Metro Music. Again, we actually didn't have it in our collection upstairs, but it's one that people know. So it's great that we now have this piece of sheet music so that if anybody comes and is interested in this song that they've probably heard a million times, they can really see, uh, see what the original sheet music looks like. It has Molly Pican in in the sort of dress and character that she plays in Mamala. And it has a picture, again, of the composer, Abe Elstein, who's on here. He's actually smiling a little bit more than Secunda was in the other one, so that's nice.
0: He's still looking pensively off into the distance.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, this is this is a great one. This is one of my favorite Yiddish songs. It's one of my favorite Yiddish movies, so it's very interesting to to find this here. Now, I said that we would talk about Henry Lefkowitz again. Um, he was the one who wrote that piece that was in Russian. Now, we have a lot from him, and he's quite young He's quite young in this, uh, in this picture, but we have a lot from him from this period that are signed. So he says, with appreciation to Mr. Graves, it looks like, from the composer Henry Lefkowitz, August eighteenth, 1933. And the name of this song is Benkendik, which means longing. So, this is a great one. We have a couple of others that have that have his his signature on them. So, again, this tells a great story. I don't know who I don't know who this Mr. Graves was. Uh if I'm reading that correctly, who this who this person was, but they got to know the composer in 1933 and somehow this piece of music made made its way to the Yiddish Book Center for us to look at in 2018, which I think is just amazing.
0: And these are it looks like most of these originally sold for 40 cents.
1: Yeah, anywhere from anywhere from twenty five to forty cents. So we sell them upstairs for I think seven dollars. So you have to you have to remember there's been inflation since nineteen
0: thirty three. Or more important, that that money goes to support our work preserving, digitizing, and cataloging all of it.
1: Oh yeah, all of that too. <laughs> so now we have another one. Um, I'm really interested in in this writer named Sam Lipson, and in in the last. The last time we did this kind of podcast, I talked about a book that he put together that he compiled called Zingenmir for Sholem*, and that came out in 1965. And I'm very interested in the sort of uh, the sort of Yiddish musical consciousness of this of this time. So we talked a little bit about sort of what was on his mind, the sort of activist spirit of uh, the Yiddish American, you know, the Yiddish community in America who was interested in these Yiddish activist songs, and also these American activist songs, so putting those things together. Now, this came out in 1961, and it's three it's three tunes. One's called Chaim, one's called Der Sputnik, and one's called Koif Koif Begelach, so by Bagels. And I'm just very interested that there's a song with the text here by Sam Lipson called Der Sputnik, because obviously it it's referring to Extremely current events, and we tend to think about uh, Yiddish as being this very, very beginning of the century kind of phenomenon, but really there was music being written about current events all the way, you know, in 1961, and this is actually signed by him, by Sam Lipson in 1967, so it's another great one to have because, again, it represents somebody who bought this piece of sheet music who got to know who Got to know this writer, and um, and who got this music signed by him, and who was very interested in these in this music. So we are also very interested in this music.
0: Wow! So, um, what what next? You are going to continue this work during your fellowship, and uh, with the goal of getting a lot of this surfaced, cataloged, and preserved.
1: Exactly. So the the goal right now is to get this project finished up, which hopefully, hopefully will happen in the next month or two months, as far as just figuring out exactly what we have. Then we want to catalog it in such a way that anybody who's interested in finding this music um, will know how to find it, will know where to find it, um, will have a good record for everything. So anybody who becomes interested and wants to use this collection, which I hope somebody out there or many people out there are interested in using this collection to further their own knowledge or their own research or their own interest... Um, it'll be completely accessible to them
0: great well, um Zeke, thanks for taking the time today to take us into the vault and you mentioned that this is part of a tour that uh, visitors can have uh, we do what's it public tours on Tuesday afternoons at two and also Sundays at eleven and one and that tour includes a visit to the vault, which I know Zeke when he's offering the tour is always very eager to bring people in here because it's quite something. Thanks.
1: Thank you. You've been listening to The Shmooze, a production of the Yiddish Book Center in Amherst, Massachusetts. My name is Jordan Brown, Yiddish Education Specialist here at the Center. For more information about this podcast and to subscribe, visit yiddishbookcenter.org. While you're there, I recommend checking out episode 116, Lisa's 2016 interview with Hankus Netsky about Jewish musical life in Philadelphia. Until next time, be well, be healthy. Zag gesund.